It's Fox Top 5, the podcast where the hosts always agree to disagree. This week on Fox Top 5, Fox Fox News News political analyst and co-host of The Five, Juan Williams. These were the heroes of my youth to think about. I used to go out to the park and pretend to be Y.A. Tittle. And host of Crimes That Changed America on Fox Nation, Emily Campagno. Every Sunday that the Raiders play, I put that flag hanging on our balcony. Come together to share their top five favorite football game day rituals. Here are this week's hosts, Juan and Emily. Welcome to Fox Top 5. I'm Juan Williams, Fox News political analyst and co-host of The Five. Today, I'm joined by my friend, my pal, host of Crimes That Changed America on Fox Nation, Emily Campagno. Good morning, Juan. I'm so excited to work with you today on one of both of our favorite topics, football. I love it. I know you do. The thing about you, Emily, is that people see you as the lawyer. They see you as the television host, the personality. And I always think, Hey, you know, Emily was a cheerleader. She loves the NFL. (laughs) Thank you. I know it was so much fun, really. It was such a fun chapter, and it will stay with me forever. And, you know, I love college football, too. And by the way, congratulations on your Washington win this weekend. My Raiders won, too. So this is good. Both of us are in good moods about football, too. (laughs) (laughs) Way to go. Okay. So every week, you should know, on this podcast, Fox hosts, reporters, personalities, We all get together and share our top five of any given topic. Now, not too long ago, there were some doubts about whether or not Americans would get a football season in 2020. Thankfully, this past weekend, football kicked off. The first NFL games of the season were held, and we couldn't be more excited about it. With football officially back, we're here to share our top five football game rituals. Can you imagine that, Emily, that Americans have football game day rituals? I mean, I think that's part of what is so fun about being an American. And I also think it's, it's part of what was so hard this year as, as our nation has collectively gone through this pandemic and um, a lot of social angst and things that have sort of divided us. The unity from sports and the unity from football was something that I was really looking forward to and really hoping for. So I know that this year the season isn't full for the NFL or for college, but I relish every game and I just hope that everyone can enjoy the game for what it is, which is such a fun sport to watch and root for and hopefully to play. (laughs) (laughs) I just look forward to when we can all be back in the stadium like you say, whether it's MLB, NBA, NFL, or college ball, like whenever, whenever that moment is. But for now, let's pretend everything is normal. And we have both compiled a list of five game day rituals that you and I participate in with our families and our friends to share with the listeners that we love to do. So I would, well, I would love to hear yours. Well, I think you should go first, Emily, because how am I going to compete with a Raiders cheerleader? I'm lucky to be <laughs> in this game at all. That's all I, I'm lucky to be here. So I say, Emily, you go first. <laughs> okay. Well, you're a college athlete. You play baseball. So we're, I play baseball and basketball. But remember, it was Division three. It was not like University of Washington where they send people <laughs> to the pros. <laughs> Number five. All right. Well, 
I have my rituals in no particular order, and some of them involve NFL game days and some involve college football. So this first one, again, no particular order. And it's something that I do here. I live in Seattle, Washington now, and this is Seahawks territory. And like we've established, I'm a diehard Oakland Raiders fan. Now, I live with my husband, obviously, who he is born and raised Seattle, and he's a diehard Seahawks fan. Now, on our house, we have um, a second story sort of small balcony that, that comes off the master bedroom and faces the street. Uh -huh. And he always, his like, ingress and egress to the house is the back door because he parks in the back. So basically my husband never goes out the front door and he never sees the front of the house. <laughs> now, I happen to have a humongous Raiders flag. And every Sunday that the Raiders play, I put that flag hanging on our balcony in the front of the house and he never sees it and he never knows because he goes in and out of the back door. And the funniest thing was one day when we were we were meeting a neighbor's friend and the friend and we were saying, you know, we were like, oh yeah, you know, we live in that house. And he goes, oh yeah, you're the one that has the Raiders flag up. And you should have seen my husband's face. It was so hilarious. He was like, what? So that <laughs> is one of my game day rituals here. My sneaky Raiders game day rituals. I proudly fly the Raiders flag on NFL game days here. Wow. Does he object? I mean, he wouldn't like be like, you take that down. But yes, he he, he would, I'm sure, feel assaulted that he, we have a, a black and silver flag draping what he feels should be a Seahawks film. <laughs> well, well, he's a lucky man to have you as a wife. Let's let's oh, let's goodness. let's put things in perspective. <laughs> so, so I got to tell you, my number five, Emily, goes back to when I was a kid, and I was a kid in New York City, in Brooklyn, New York, and. My brother, I have a brother who's like eight years older, so I was his little tag along, you know. But I remember in the period of like the late 60s, we would sometimes on Sundays go out and get donuts and walk back home to the apartment. And on the radio would be uh, the announcers for the New York football giants. And the, at that time, it was a man named Marty Glickman. Uh, and sometimes he had a former uh, football player named Sam Huff as his co-anchor, as color man, I guess is the way we put it today. And mm -hmm. Marty Glickman and Sam Huff and donuts were my game day ritual as a little boy. And thinking <laughs> about the New York football giants and, you know, people like you might know some of the names. Y.A. Tittle was the quarterback, uh, you know, uh, Frank uh, Gifford was the running back, the halfback. And he, of course, you know, went on to fame as an announcer himself. But these were the heroes of my youth to think about. I used to go out to the park and pretend to be Y.A. Tittle or, you know, it just was a, a fantasy world because it wasn't that big on TV at that point. Uh, it was just coming into its own in that regard. But radio was where it was truly distinctive, where, you know what, Marty Glickman was a New York City voice, and he told the story of the football game in the way that a New Yorker would get it. And I'm not sure, it would. It, I can tell you, it wouldn't work in much of the country. I don't think it would at all. It was so specifically 
you know, at that point, you know, to be in, especially in the boroughs of New York, was to be in small neighborhoods and to be a New York Giants fan was just huge, huge. I loved it. Uh, to me, it's like a, it's almost like a Christmas memory to think of Glickman's voice and Y.A. Tittle and, you know, those great football games. I love that, Warren. That is so special. I love that it's like a New York, you know, a New York minute memory, a, a New York specific, like so quintessential, so historical almost too, you know, like you were saying, the rest of the country probably wouldn't get it, but it's just like a really specific, wonderful point in time that I'm sure you're hardly alone in how much that voice impacted you and how much Marty Glickman, you know, colored the game for you guys in terms of that nostalgia and that love. And we've got to go to a game together, by the way. I'd be odd because you have eyes for things that, you know, I just wouldn't see because you have been, as given your experience with the Raiders as a cheerleader, you see how the game is literally comes together as an, you know, how it's put on the performance. And I'd love to see you through your eyes. Number four. So Emily, tell us your number four experience. Okay. Okay. So this, this, I would say this is a season ritual and it's, that I always go to at least one away game. And that is, that's been true for college and it's been true for the NFL. And I have also had the, you know, I've been blessed to have been to participate in like one time I did a whole road trip all around the South. And I went to a whole handful of away games um, with a friend and we went to the two of our schools away games and that is to me it's such a rich experience to experience another team's hometown and going to other stadiums going to other teams I've you know from OU to Tennessee and, and Knoxville like I I've been so blessed to have experienced and and not to mention in NFL um, I've been to a ton and I just love it. I love seeing how that community rallies and celebrates and goes to their games. And I feel like it gives it such a, I mean, I keep using this word, but it's such a richer experience to me um, to get to know every other team's hometown, home stadium, home base, you know? Right, right. And I, I do have to say that to this day, I recognize that OU, they have the nicest, like Norman, they are the nicest group of people ever, you know, because when you're walking down the street in the opposing team's gear, there's, you're, you're, you're a punching bag. That's <laughs> right. So I, I can tell you a million cities where I've been, you know, <laughs> where I'm not welcome, but that town, they are just, they were the most, well, I mean, everyone was like, welcome to Norman. Like, thanks for coming. Like, we're so happy to have you. I mean, I was blown away by the hospitality, but um, I just think that it really gives a wonderful, it really rounds out the football experience, the sport experience. And I think it goes back to what you and I talked about in the beginning, which is that at our at our hearts, at our base, we're all Americans, we're all in this together. Um, and I think it's, it, so I've been really blessed to have experienced a ton of away NFL and college football hometowns and stadiums, and they're just awesome. I will say there's no place like home, but I think it's a really awesome experience to go to an away game. And I hope that our listeners get that opportunity at some point also. 
So did you get to did you get to see Boomer and Sooner the the ponies that pull the Sooner Schooner in, in Oklahoma? Oh yeah, I mean that was incredible. And you know I've been to pretty much every I've been to every Pac-12 stadium. Um, I've been all throughout the country for college football, NFL also, and it's just it's so it, you know. It, like you're saying, and, and Tommy Trojan, that's a really incredible, speaking of horses, like that's something really incredible to see when he rides around on, on the horse. Right. Um, and it's just so cool to see what each different, you know, that you and I have talked a lot and shared a lot about travel and like how the the beautiful and educational quality of travel. And that's sort of what that is, you know? And it's wrapped up in a sport that we love and a, and a, um, a shared celebration with other americans it's like it's really it's it's all things at once so um i i think that's a really great thing to do if, if someone can all right so here's my number four football game day ritual i'm with i really love talking football and sometimes as you know because i described my experience with my brother and the donuts and listening to marty glickman uh, as I got older, then it would be a phone call on Sunday talking to my brother about what happened in the football game. Now, he stayed a New York Giants fan. I came to Washington, became a Washington football fan. So I would catch up on the Giants with him and he would learn about the Washington football from team from me. And but I got to tell you, it extends because then I got married and my my wife's father uh, a lifelong Washingtonian, had been a lifelong football fan. And so on Sunday, sometimes I'd go over and sit in his little den with him to watch the game. And it was a conversation about football, but it was kind of a boys or men, you know, having their moment about the football game and, the, and sharing it. And it was, to me, I've never, you're the exception in that you're a woman who loves football. I know women who like football, uh, and aren't offended by it. But for the most part, for me, it's been a, a, a male bonding experience. And so the phone calls or the sitting in the den with the father-in-law or even standing out uh, with my sons and throwing the football around after the game, but it's the conversation. So it's the phone calls, the male bonding, the even the hand-holding with an older male relative that seems to me to be part of a great football game day ritual. Oh, I just love that. That's the legacy quality. You know, that's the like three generations of the family sitting on Thanksgiving day, watching the game. Yes, and yes. If it's their yes. team, like, and, and, you know, everyone's wearing the jerseys and everyone's decked out. And yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm getting chills just talking about it because I miss it so much. And, you know, for all the reasons we were talking about earlier, this is a, a different year but though i i agree with you that those are wholehearted experiences that carry with you throughout your whole family year to year to year and and that's why you know when when we hear of people who've waited you know 70 years to win a ring like or to see a ring being won in their lifetime that's what you're describing i mean that's the kind of like love and commitment that these diehard fans have that with their families too and and it's sort of it's it's almost fun when you have a divided family too. I mean, I say almost yeah. because there are certainly, you know, a lot of civil wars going on, but um, some families are all one team, you know, and some families are divided. And it's like, 
it's just it's 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 a really fun and treasured I think aspect of life. So I I I love that you recognize and and really hold that dear also. The countdown continues after this. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. Number three. All right, so let's move on to your number three most treasured football game day ritual, Emily. Okay, so my game day ritual... I was going to share with you the one that I do here, the actual like physical one. So I have, now that I live back in Seattle, I get to have season tickets to my alma mater, University of Washington. And we live pretty close to the stadium actually. So our game day ritual, which is so fun for me. And um, I, I realize now maybe it's sort of specific, but we get a walk to the stadium. So we drive a, a, just a little bit, just. We could, I guess, walk the whole way. That'd be a pretty long walk. But we, we drive a little bit. We always park in the same place. And then um, walk through. It's called the Arboretum. And it's a really beautiful Arboretum. So there's, you know, trees and everything. And it's like walking through a huge park, basically. And, you know, there's nothing like walking to the stadium where you see everyone else walking to. You're sort of on moss. Like people are coming all together or whatever. And sometimes there's just maybe five of us and sometimes there's a pack of 20 of us and we all walk through the Arboretum um, and then we get to the stadium and we tailgate. And tailgating is sort of, I'm subsuming that within this because that's definitely a game day ritual that I love to do. And that goes NFL or college football and even when we're at home. So I have a couple favorite recipes that I love to make when, if we're hosting for watching football. I um, I have a certain burger recipe that I love to make and I put mustard and Worcestershire sauce in it um, and it's sort of like a meatloaf consistency. It's a hit one, everyone <laughs> loves it. I have a good guacamole recipe. So we have that kind of stuff. We have our favorite local beers that we have. Um, and then when it's a home game at the tailgate, I have a big tailgate that I'm a part of with my family. And because my, my sister went to University of Washington also, she married a Husky, his parents were Huskies, his dad played football for the Huskies. So we come from a big Husky family, even though I'm a Californian. So we have a big family tailgate that we do every time before the game also. And, you know, we have inclement weather half the time here. So it's sort of a fun, I would say throughout every season, we have everything from, you know, warm, like hot sun in the beginning of the season to by the end, it's like pouring rain the whole time. But that's all part of the fun. So it's really, I think, an awesome ritual that I love when I get to be home for a game day and walking through the Arboretum, getting to the tailgate, seeing all my family and friends there and then watching the game and then walking home after um, or hosting at home and getting to cook and barbecue and having everyone over to watch games on TV. I, I think that goes also, I think, part to your fellowship um, yeah. example, where it's all about your your fellow fans and, and friends and family. Yeah, it's 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 a network. It's a it's a club. And, it, you know, you, you get in the club not through any kind of payment or ritual. It's that everybody is just glad to have a fellow fan to talk with, you know, and to love with and to eat with and to joke around with and to have memories. I just think it's the best. So here's my number three, Emily. Okay. My, my number three is putting on the jersey. 
I don't wear a football jersey just to hang out. I don't wear it to go to work for sure. <laughs> but um, <laughs> on some Sunday game days, I would put on the jersey to watch the game or go to the game. Um, and this actually took on some significance during my time at Fox because I was always very sensitive about the team's name, the Redskins. I thought it was a racist name. And um, so some of my colleagues, with, uh, especially when we have the exchange of gifts at Christmas that you know about uh, among the members of the five, they give me a Redskins jersey and say, hey, Juan, say the name. Hey, Juan, look at that. Look at that logo on the shoulder, you know. But the funny thing about it, Emily, was the name on the back was Williams. And it was Trent Williams, who was our, our all-pro tackle. Um, and Trent Williams was a big star here. He's now left. But so I would have a Redskins jersey that number 81, Trent Williams, would say Williams on the back. And of course, everybody that saw it thought I had put my last name on it, but it wasn't. And here's the, <laughs> here's the kicker to this story. The one other Redskins jersey that I had and I used to wear belonged to Doug Williams number 17 <laughs> and of course Doug Williams you know was the MVP of the Super Bowl at the Skins one and he's one of the truly pioneering black quarterbacks in NFL history um so a tremendous individual tremendous athlete and a hero to me and I saw I bought a Doug Williams jersey but again everybody thought I'd put my name on it but no and so with the gift of the Trent Williams jersey everybody thought oh well you have two jerseys now <laughs> 81 and 17 with his name on it. But no, it was never my name. It was always in honor of someone else. But again, only on game day Sundays would I put on that Washington football team jersey. <laughs> I love that story. That's awesome. You're lucky that you have a name that two athletes that you respect and, and honor, that you share that name with them. That's incredible. I well, that is fun. Have... Now, that's, it's easier than Campagna, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I will say that. So I'm pretty superstitious. And I feel like whenever I wear the Raiders gear at home, they lose. And insert joke of people saying, oh, ha, ha, they suck. They lose all the time anyway. But I'm just saying. So I actually, when I'm at home, I don't wear Raiders gear because I'm terrified that they're going to lose because of it. But when I go out, when we watch it in bars, um, which we often do, then then I wear one of my favorite players, Howie Long. So I wear my oh, 75 yeah. jersey. And I don't have, you know, but like some people sort of stock up on jerseys or wear them all the time. And I never felt that way. I, I always just wanted to wear the gear. You know, it sort of took a lot for me to, to want to wear a jersey. So I don't have any, any Husky jerseys. I just wear Husky gear. But um, for me... I love my Howie Long jersey. And I have to say, it's a kid's, it's actually a kid's jersey. That's how it fits me. <laughs> it's wow. <small. laughs> Let me add, but, but, but you now have met Howie Long. Oh, yeah. And of course, it was totally mortifying because I was like, <laughs> Greg introduced us and I was like, so embarrassed to, you know, when you meet someone that you look up to, I was very, I just wanted to crawl in a hole and die. But yes, he's very wonderful. And it was, it was wonderful to meet him and, and, uh, we've, we've worked with him, too. You know, we got to work with him at, um, obviously, Thursday Night Footballs in New York and uh, at Super Bowl when you and I were in Miami. So, um, absolutely, it's been wonderful. And, and I will say, too, that during all of my years with the Raiders, 
and, and I would be remiss if I say this, that, you know, I had the honor, true honor of working with many uh, Raiders legends um, that are still, that still participate in the franchise. And, you know, we have a lot of legacy events and whatever. So Howie Long is, is a special favorite of mine, but like I have a ton and there are many that I recognize and would honor in that way. And that I've been able to meet and work with specifically. I, I That's part of the reason why I love the franchise so much is it's rich history of tradition and of the athletes and, and our history. So definitely there are a lot. Number two. All right, so here's my number two uh, game day ritual memory, Emily, and it's that you're at a Washington Redskins game, uh, as again, as we used to call them, and when the team scored, everybody would stand up and sing, Hail to the Redskins, uh, and I'm not going to give you, a, excuse me, a rendition it causes me to break out in coughing and laughter to even think about doing that. <laughs> but, I mean, the whole stadium would rise up and we would sing Hail to the Redskins, Hail to Old D.C., Braves on the Warpath. I mean, it's just, it just is, it, it was incredible. It was so much fun. It, I mean, again, it's almost like, you know how they talk about, you know, in ancient times they built churches. Well, I think in a way we build now stadiums as kind of our civic gathering place and to be in that place at the moment when the whole stadium rises up you can't do this on television you you can hear it on the radio a little bit but you know obviously in that moment typically they cut to a commercial but if you're there in the stadium and you're part of the fraternity part of that brotherhood sisterhood at that moment it is so overwhelming. It's emotional. Uh, and, you know, not, not only would people sing it, but then at the end, it was like a power punch. You know, you would throw your right arm out, you know, fight for old DC like you were punching away at the at the air. Just a sweet moment. I love that. And I will tell you this one, because the Raiders have those moments also, right? We have Autumn Wind. And I just got to chill again. And being a cheerleader and being on the field during that time, like it's incredibly moving. And yes, it is 100% a huge fraternity. It's one big family. And to be on the field, for us to be doing our, you know, the same choreography that, by the way, has been for us, it was passed down from the beginning. You know, we were we were the first cheerleading squad and we've had the same traditions this whole time. That's partly why it was such an honor to be a part of it. It wasn't, you know, this was something where things have gravity in that franchise. And to watch the fans who all know it too and know the words and know their little, yeah, the arm arm movements or whatever. I mean, that's, yeah, it's incredible. Those those are the moments that are like, you're saying it's, it's emotional. It's hard to describe and, and you can't pick it up from TV. They often don't show it, but when you're there and you see it, it's just really incredible. And that also goes back to our conversation about going to away games where it's so awesome to see other teams, what their traditions are during the game to see that really great. So my number two is after the game, what do we do? And I wanted to share that um, in in the NFL, after cheerleading, we would all go to this one place, this one watering hole, a restaurant, and it was in Jacqueline Square. And unfortunately, it's not open anymore. They closed, as all good things seem to do. And it was called Kincaid. And we would all go there together. And it was our ritual. And it was wonderful and it, it's right on the water and um 
it was just amazing. And we would, you know, it's that fellowship that you're talking about. We would celebrate, we would talk and laugh. And sometimes, depending on who we played and the, the, um, the circumstances, Raiders was a unique franchise in that, I don't know if it's the same way now, but at that time, there weren't rules against fraternization that every other franchise had where you couldn't hang out with the players. So we were all friends. We were all one big crew. So oftentimes, we would, after the game, go to the city and we would have these, you know, parties that we would host together and sometimes it'd be open to the public and they could buy tickets and stuff. So it was really wonderful that after the game, we would all be able to extend that celebration and extend the game and sort of have where it wasn't just the end of the game and then we all go home. Like we got to continue sort of, I think, you know, honoring that experience and it just made it all the more uh, traditional and awesome for us, frankly. But I will, I mean, I the fact that Kincaid's closed too, it just makes those memories all the more sweet because for years and years and years, that's where we would all go after the game. And it was just, it was really a special experience for us. Number. 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 Number one. Five, four, three. Number one. Okay, Emily, we've all been waiting for it. Your number one football game day ritual. Okay, okay. So my number one, and this is another ritual that we had as an NFL cheerleader, and this is what we would do before the game. We would all stand in a circle and hold hands and we would pray. And that was a really beautiful, special, uh, and somber moment that I will always treasure. I really will treasure those moments because that's something that um, I know many athletes do before their games and for us, that's we would do it too and um it was just they were beautiful special moments and it helped unite us um or i mean not that we weren't united to begin with but um i believe in the power of prayer and those moments were one of the most special memories that i have from the team for sure that is wonderful now just tell us a little more so how many cheerleaders are holding hands and what are you praying is there someone say a prayer out loud or is it in silence So, um, well, each year the amount of cheerleaders would differ sometimes. So we had between 32 and 40. And um, it would be our director, who was the executive, the director of Game Day Entertainment, but she was our coach. She was absolutely incredible, Karen Kovac. She's one of the most amazing women, just extraordinary women I've ever had the honor of meeting, let alone working with. And she's had a huge impact on my life in such positive and amazing ways. So she is who would lead the prayer. And we would all, so the whole team would be holding hands and it would be in the locker room. And you know, at that time, Juan, because this was before Vegas, we were still in Oakland. Our locker room is actually the Warriors locker room because in Oakland, the the two stadiums are connected by, you know, underground, they're right next to each other and, and underground. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and so, our locker room was the Warriors guys locker room, which is so funny. You know how things like normalize for you? Like in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, that, that's probably, you know, that's, that's of interest. It's, it's unique, but for us, it was just the norm. Um, and so it was in there that we would have our prayer and then that would be just before we took the field. And, and before those games, you know, we had a two and a half hour practice on the field. Before, before the, game. the actual game. Oh yeah. And Two so and a half had, hours. Holy smokes. You're tired by the time the game started. <laughs> we our stamina was incredible. So we, you know, our our call time 
was hours and hours and hours before the actual kickoff time. And so we would come, you know, early before anyone else, we would have our practice. Then we would go to the locker room and we would all get game day ready. And then, um, and then have that prayer and then come out for our pre-game performance that we would do. So that's where that would take place. And it, you know, it included the rest of the staff as well. We were all together in that one moment, a moment of reflection and, um, you know, grounding before we had our game day and our game day experience. And um, like I said, it was, it's a moment, moments that I will treasure forever. All right. So, Here's my number one game day ritual memory, Emily. And this goes back to when the Washington football team played at RFK Stadium in the District of Columbia. And it, is, it was obviously now, uh, it's an old broken down stadium. Nobody plays there. But, and before the team moved out to FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. But in this stadium, there were temporary stands made of, uh, I guess, aluminum in one section. And when the team scored, everyone standing up in that section would start jamming their feet up and down. And it, the whole section, Emily, would start to vibrate and wave. It looked like a, an act of nature. It looked like a sonic wave, but it would infect the whole stadium. So everybody was jumping up and down and moving. And it was like a natural, I don't know how to describe it. You know, I, I, my, I'm i searching for words like a convulsion, an earthquake, you know, <laughs> a tsunami. Uh, wow. But something was going on in that moment. And, uh, you, you know, you go to a game and something like that happens. Again, it, it's reminiscent of singing Hail to the Redskins as a communal bonding moment. But in that moment, it was physical. It was, you felt it. And the whole stadium is rocking. I mean, in the, in the new stadium, there's nothing like it. Uh, I guess it's better built. <laughs> but the whole notion of the whole stadium seeming to sway in that moment so you're it's not only that you're excited that your team scored but you are physically caught up in it i don't know that i mean you know i you know you hear people talk about drugs that make them feel a certain way that was an emotional moment that was just on a natural high emily and so wow. going to a skins game at rfk i would say it's hard to it's hard to compare anything with that moment in my football memory. Oh, I just love that. I know how you feel. I, I, you know, the Raiders, being a part of Raider Nation at the Oakland Coliseum that doesn't exist anymore for us and never will again, mm -hmm. and being a part of the black hole, you know? I mean... Wait, wait, what, what is the black hole? Oh, well, the black hole is where the... No, it's really notorious. It's the section of the stadium where those are the or self-considered the most diehard fans, the most rowdy. And if you've ever seen photographs of Raider fans that are like all painted and ha are wearing like actual skull heads and yes. huge costumes and spikes, that's the black hole. And so it's, it's absolutely, you know, it's an infamy in terms of like how rowdy and crazy it is. And, you know, beware, everyone says, if you even go to the black hole wearing, oh, I mean, 
to dare to wear another team's jersey oh, and be in the black hole, it's like self-sacrifice. But to be, you know, to, to, to be a part of that from the field, um, we didn't have the kind of physical earthquakes that that you describe that just sounds incredible i mean i guess we had we had actual earthquakes there in the bay area but um <laughs> but i know i mean i know what you what you're saying those like moments where it just um reverberates the noise and the cheers and the slamming that those guys would um they lean over the edge and they would all hit the sides of it and stamp their feet and just the noise i mean it's like to the heavens loud then exactly. that's what being a fan does you know it's like you and i have been talking about that's what what sport instills and inspires and enthusiasts it's really an indescribable and incredible part of our culture and i'm so grateful that we have it and i'm so grateful to have done this podcast with you Juan. how fun thank you for sharing your rituals with me i love that i learned more about you in that way and it has definitely gotten me ready for game days, and I can't wait to watch a game, hopefully with you, at some point in the near future, whenever that can be. Yeah, once this pandemic passes, let's let's hope we get back to normal in America. <laughs> totally. It's been a pleasure, Emily. I just want to say how much I learned, but you know, that's why I want to go to a game with you, because I think your love of football is informed by your experience as a cheerleader, and so, Emily, thanks so much. Thank you, Juan. And thank you to everyone for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or foxnewspodcasts.com. Let us know your top five. You've been listening to Fox Top 5 on the Fox News Podcast Network. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.